Enough from me for a moment. This is the moment you've all been waiting for. Here is Simon Marks, American Week. Ben, what a week it's been here for the special relationship between the United States and the UK. Let's spool back to Monday. Washington was scrambling to keep up with events in London and the news that only one candidate was on deck to succeed Liz Truss in number 10. But at the White House, Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre, whom you might think would be no stranger to the complexity of pronunciation, proved otherwise. President Biden looks forward to speaking with Minister Sanuk in the upcoming days. Now, fair enough, unlike her colleagues at the Treasury Department and the Federal Reserve, perhaps she'd never had any personal contact with Rishi Sunak when he was Chancellor. But hours later, it was President Biden's turn. And consider here the setting. East Room of the White House was the scene for a Diwali celebration. The president eager to project a vision of America's modern-day multiculturalism and eager to celebrate the news from London that the first British Asian was one sleep away from the UK's top political job. And whether it's the United Kingdom or just today, we've got news that Rashid, Rashid Sanuk is now the prime minister. As my brother would say, go figure. (laughs) And the Conservative Party expected to become the prime minister, I think, tomorrow when he goes to see the king. Pretty astounding. A groundbreaking milestone, and it matters. It matters. Just not quite enough to learn how to pronounce his name. On Tuesday, of course, Rishi Sunak became Prime Minister. So, at the White House briefing, we all wondered whether Rashid Sanuk would make a fresh appearance. This time around, Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre could see the pothole coming a mile away. I'm sure you've seen the President uh, sent out his congratulations to Prime Minister, uh, the new Prime Minister, in a tweet earlier this morning. Uh, President Biden looks forward to speaking with Prime Minister with, with Prime Minister Sunak uh, and as you all know once we will certainly provide a, a readout of that conversation when it happens if, it, if the readout is not out yet. And much more importantly than learning the Prime Minister's name and who among us hasn't wondered whether any of them will be around long enough for that to matter, what of the special relationship that binds London and Washington together? After all, President Biden insists that liberal democracies must unite to beat off the global challenge from autocracies like Russia and China. So would the special relationship get a mention? Look, um, I want to be very, very clear here. And I was asked this question yesterday. Uh, The way that we see our relationship with the United Kingdom, it is a a, a close relationship uh, that we've had with the people of the UK for some time now. And uh, and we look forward, as the president has said, we look forward to working with the new prime minister. I'll leave it there. Left it there without ever using the word special. She wasn't the only one here this week articulating the quiet stuff out loud. On the tarmac at an Air Force base in New York last night, President Biden was welcomed to the state by fellow Democrat Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader. Their conversation, picked up by the TV microphones, focused on the all-important midterm elections, now just 11 days away, and their huge fear that the Senate, currently split 50-50, could end up in Republican control. 
It's hard to believe, said Senator Schumer there, that the people of Georgia will vote for Republican Herschel Walker. And indeed it is, given that the former American football star would, under normal circumstances, never have become a candidate for a seat in the United States Senate. We've talked about him before, but just to remind you, he's not exactly equipped for the job. At one time, science said man came from apes. Did it not? If that is true, why are there still apes? Think about it. It's a puzzler to be sure. Stop me when this becomes familiar, but Mr. Walker secured the early endorsement of former President Donald Trump and since then hasn't really looked back. There have been some bumps in the road. This week he faced claims from a second woman whom he allegedly impregnated that even though he claims to oppose abortion under all circumstances, he's paid for at least two of them. Many of Mr. Walker's family members are urging the people of Georgia not to back him, calling him a proven liar and a deadbeat dad. And yet, the three most recent polls in the state show he's poised to beat incumbent Democrat Raphael Warnock. Barack Obama will be campaigning alongside Senator Warnock tonight in a last-ditch effort to save the seat. If things are bad for the Democrats in Georgia, they're positively nightmarish in Pennsylvania. What qualifies you to be a U.S. Senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. From the very beginning of this week's TV debate between Democrat John Fetterman and Republican Mehmet Oz, it became clear that Mr. Fetterman is in difficulty. He suffered a stroke on the campaign trail earlier this year. Democrats, backed by his doctors, insist he is fit enough to take office, but his performance on Tuesday night suggested differently to many Pennsylvania voters. He used a captioning system to read the questions that were being asked of him, and at times, he seemed lost. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking. But there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Oh, uh, I, I, I do support fracking. And I don't, I don't, I support fracking. And I stand and I do support fracking. Okay, thank you, Mr. Fetterman. It was genuinely awful to watch, although there were other parts of the debate where he was more able to get his message across. Pennsylvania should be an easy win for the Democrats, given the fact that the Republicans there selected a woeful candidate, of course, backed by Donald Trump. Dr. Oz, host of a popular TV medical show, has shown remarkably little political acumen of his own. In Tuesday's debate, this was the path he chose to tread on the thorny issue of abortion. As a physician, I've been in the room when there's some difficult conversations happening. I don't want the federal government involved with that at all. I want women, doctors, local uh, political leaders, letting the democracy that's always allowed our nation to thrive to put the best ideas forward so states can decide for themselves. So just to be clear, he doesn't want the federal government deciding whether Pennsylvania's women can have an abortion, but the state's government, well, that's okay. In the all-important suburbs of Philadelphia, 
Philadelphia, that answer may cost him votes, particularly with women. But for Democrats nationally, the reality is dawning that abortion will not be the galvanizing and decisive factor in the midterm elections, despite the Supreme Court's decision earlier this year stripping the procedure of its legal protections. It is the parlous state of America's economy that is driving voters to the polling stations. And as NBC's Chuck Todd told viewers this week, for Democrats, the latest polls make grim reading. We've got some all-time midterm highs that should serve as red flags for the Democrats. The wrong track, 71% all-time midterm high since we've been polling. How about presidential disapproval on the economy sitting at 57%? Again, an all-time high. At the White House, the president is maintaining a sunny disposition. Despite evidence to the contrary, he says the economy is strong as hell, and the last few days of the campaign will see things turn around. Uh, <laughs> and here's what I think. It's been back and forth with them ahead, us ahead, them ahead, back and forth. And the polls have been all over the place. I think uh, that we're going to see one more shift back to our side in the closing days. In a week and a half, we'll know whether that's wishful thinking. Remember, if the Republicans win the House of Representatives, the Senate or both, Joe Biden will be a lame duck in the White House for the next two years. And in case the vote is close, Republicans are preparing to argue it was rigged. Donald Trump's favorite TV anchor Tucker Carlson this week on Fox News with a preview of coming attractions. They can even run mentally defective candidates who can barely speak and not only expect them to win, but expect you to accept the outcome no matter how transparently absurd it is. On November 9th, they'll be telling you that John Fetterman got 81 million votes in Pennsylvania and they'll threaten to put you in jail if you don't believe it. Why wouldn't they do that? They work with Joe Biden. What a state this country is in. If you've not seen it, watch ITV's documentary that aired this week, America, the War Within. Reporter Robert Moore showing just how far some Republicans are going in their quest to prove the entirely false claim that U.S. elections are rigged. Back at the White House, it was lost on no one this week that Diwali marks the victory of good over evil, light over darkness, and knowledge over ignorance. On the campaign trail in America, Ben, the outcome of those battles remains very uncertain. And Simon will be back, of course, the same time next week with his American Week.